Today is September 21st. The Yankees start a four-game set against the Blue Jays. But first, we've got some voicemails we need to answer. Welcome to the voicemail episode. Let's talk Yanks. Your Yankees news with these two fine dudes. It's time for Talking Yanks. Talking Yanks with old John Boy. John Boy and Jake. Talking Yanks with old John Boy. John Boy and Jake. Hello and welcome to Talking Yanks, the voicemail episode. Thank you very much for hanging out with us a little bit as we talk some Yanks to get you through the day. My name is Jimmy. I'm coming to you from my parents' place in New Jersey. We have Jake coming to you from Roosevelt Studios South and BBD coming from his parents' place in New Jersey as the John Boy Media headquarters is quarantining until playoffs to make sure we're rested and ready to go. Jake, how are you doing today? James, Francis, Michael, Vincent, McDougal O'Brien, I'm doing well. Um, Roosevelt Studio South, staying fresh down here. Uh, Jess and Noodle, very much over me for years now. And uh, I don't know, man. It's it's kind of weird. Like we're in this lining up the rotation for the Yankees playoff run, but we're also in a yeah, we got to win a few more games. I I want that home field over the Twins. I really it's want a, it. It's going to be a weird push pull when it comes to decision makings this week. Hopefully, you know what are we walking into tonight with a Mike King start? I I don't know. I I, I hope he impresses me, and I think we might even have a question about him coming up. But um, I don't know. Like a, after yesterday's Red Sox loss, where Davey didn't look great. You know, if Mike King comes out and has a mad performance, you know, I'm I'm going to be sitting here on a Tuesday feeling pretty bad. So uh, hopefully we don't go down that path. But Yanks still got to rack up some W's. They do. I really want that home field in the three-game set very, very badly. When I think about not having it, I get scared. And I want it so bad that I, I think I need to put the Napoleon Dynamite Sound clip onto the soundboard. I'm going to test it out real quick. Is that okay with you? Sure. Sure. He says, sure. I want that. I bet you folks. I want that. Well, it's a work in progress. Okay. I want that. Love that quote. Good movie. BBD's wearing a great shirt today. Really good shirt. Hey, maybe uh, when you wear that shirt, like has your grandma noticed it? Uh, she and I just had that interaction. Uh, she is profoundly confused. For everyone that doesn't know, BBD's wearing a shirt that has a picture of his face on it, and it says "Bug Bug Dude" <laughs> underneath. <laughs> so yes, your grandmother's probably like, "What the hell?" <laughs> she was confused that there were two of me looking at her. Um, <laughs> And she followed up the second time around because she actually read the shirt and she was much more confused and she wondered what bug bug is. She didn't even get to dude. Um, 
<laughs> That's really funny. We're in a bad uh, spot because I have three of these shirts and they will be worn for yeah. the foreseeable yeah. future. Wear them with pride. I want that. Um, all right. Should we get to the voicemails, Jake? I think so. How are you doing? I'm great. Doing good. I want to go on a walk, but we're back to like our busy schedule. <laughs> yeah. Sit and talk all day. I mean, we have the pregame show after this and then I want to watch the game. Um, but I've, I've spent every second, not every second, but I, in between each show we've recorded, I've been able to go outside and get fresh air and feel the sun, which is huge. And, uh, the only thing I have left lingering is like a sinus headache. Like it goes straight from my nose to my forehead headache, which I think I can overcome that in the next couple of days. And then, you know, I don't have to quarantine after tomorrow if I don't want. So I'm good. I'm doing good. I'm doing well. Good. I miss you guys. Yeah, I know. Okay. All right. First voicemail. I will not talk over it. Play the voicemail now. BBD. All right, fellas. This is Sal from the Bronx. I just watched King Louie hit his 19th home run of the season. By the time you hear this, who knows how many he has. So I got to ask this question. Does this season and this many home runs being hit discount 30 home run seasons in a regular year? Usually when I hear 30 home runs, I think, hey, that's pretty good. Guys are pretty good. Now, after this, your 30 home runs going from pretty good to, eh, it's okay. All right. I'll hang up and listen. Nice to talk to you. Well, I don't think it's this season. I think, you know, Glaber hit 30 last year and I think the juiced ball made us change a little bit. There's always 20. I feel like 20 is completely not even a number anymore, but you know, seven years ago, it was 20. If you hit 20 home runs, that was like a home run hitting season. (laughs) Like Posada was like a home run hitting catcher. And I think he hit like 20 a year. Um, and then it jumped to 30. Uh, but you know, I mean, Luke Voigt has 21, but I still think the premier hitters only have 15 around there. You know what I mean? Like there's a very, very upper echelon of five guys that have like 16 plus. So what do you think, Jake? I mean, Luke's year is different. We don't know if another player is going to hit 20. There's pretty much one player that's got a chance at it. Jose Abreu, who's in the MVP race himself. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think like 20 was, you were a good ball player. I 25 was almost for me. Like the, you were a power hitter, like you were a slugger. Um, and yeah, I mean that, that number has moved in baseball. So differently different. I saw Mike Petriello was tweeting out some stuff, um, about it. Like, I think, uh, the, the teams, a couple teams with the highest batting average this year are currently lined up to not make the playoffs. I think the Mets have the highest batting average in baseball. Um, and I think the Reds currently have the lowest batting average in baseball, and they're currently lined up to make the playoffs. So, again, we live in a different world of baseball stats. Uh, home runs are home runs. Foyt's doing them at another level, uh, which is amazing. And, yeah, I mean, it's the the fun stat of the day that was going around uh, at the end of our episode yesterday, and I had a couple people tweet at me today or send DMs, you know, 429 at-bats last year, 21 homers, and Luke Voigt was pretty good. This year, 185 at-bats and 21 homers. Um, 
you know, he's he's leading the AL and slugging. It's it's really cool to watch. Yeah, nothing gets taken away from him because he's the best. The best. Do you think the expectations are going to be weird next year? I mean, we already were trying to tell you, like, don't count on Glaber for another 30 because it was the most juice balls season ever. I have no idea what next season's expectations are going to be. It's very interesting when we get to the PPPs. I, I already had that scary, annoying thought about Voight that I shared with everyone last episode. But I, I do think it's going we're, you know, at the end of this, we're going to, we're in it right now. And it's very real. And the winner, whoever wins this season, wins this season. And it's a real winner and all that. But I think I've said this before for 28 teams. You're gonna you're gonna just go, yeah, well, okay, well, that was a weird season anyway. Next season, let's just get let's get it going for the the real one. And the team who wins the World Series will cling on for all it's worth. And the team who loses the World Series will be heartbroken. Every other team, I think, will quickly flip the book and be like, you know, like we even have some Braves fans that are in our talking baseball chat that have already flipped the book. And like, whatever, this this postseason, like, we don't have a lot of pitching. We'll do whatever we can, but uh, it's a weird season, you know? <laughs> so I, I think everyone's going to get there eventually. I mean, man, you're going to hear so many, so many off-season takes that are, A, probably terrible, but I, I also get the other side of it. Like, I, I think there's going to be people saying, you know, a lot of small sample size stuff and – um if you have a bad year, how do you evaluate a guy? You know, I'm Jordan Montgomery. Like I, you know, I, if he ends up being the five starter next year, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not too deflated about that. And I, I think a lot of people would be because it's, it's technically only 38.2 innings pitched out of Monty. I mean, when, when we look back at some of these things, uh, I think we're just going to be blown away by the sample size and be like, God, that's normally, you know, that's normally a third of a season. Um, and and that's all the sample size we have. So uh, I think a lot of stuff gets decided in October. I think baseball normally operates that way anyways. Like Gary Sanchez. Hey, if Gary Sanchez has a good October. We'll be here all offseason. You know, expect Gary to be great. Uh, blah, blah, blah. If he doesn't, I mean, my word. I mean, his, his numbers on the year are going to be bad with a bad postseason. You know, there, there's only so many stats you can stand behind. So uh, it's going to be ugly and weird for pretty much every team except one. Yeah. So I don't know how you evaluate home runs. I think I don't think this season will change the way we look at home runs next year. No, you just you just say Voight's going to be a lock at first base. And baseball's a brutal. Dude, remember we when we got Stanton. Our question at spring training was, you know, will they combine for a hundred home runs? Like just Which we just did kinda, say immediately we knew they wouldn't, but right. You know, we were shaking the tree a little bit, and obviously Yankee fans were excited about it. And it was great A content. You guys are welcome. Um, I, I think the bigger thing is like, you know, Luke Voigt will be written in pen at first base next year, and you should be excited about that. How about his defense? His defense has been really nice. Um, you know, uh, there's there's an argument for Luke Voigt being you know the best first baseman in the AL. It's him and Jose Abreu this year. So, um, what do you think uh, Boone's pen of choice is? Just a standard Bick? Ooh, Cali guy. Um, could see him. 
I could see Byrne having a really nice pen. Like he has a pen. Not like this guy right here. These are my pens right here. This is my bread and butter. Just a standard Bic clear pen. Yep, BBD's got one as well. So I, I'm expecting, I think Boone's got a nice pen and it's either. This is the Jacob. Like pen. a pen. Oh, I love that pen. This is the. Oh Jacob my God. Pen. You don't know how much I love that pen. Of course you do. This is the um, Jacob pens. It's colorful, multiple options. It's so silly. It's the best. You try to get two out at once and have some fun with it. Um, break it. Aaron Boone either has a pen from like one of his dad's favorite players that was like given to him. Or his kids slash wife got him like a dad pen for like a Father's Day gift, and he uses that. What manager do you think like strictly uses golf pencil? Ooh, golf pencil. It'd have to be one of the old guys. Give me like Charlie Manuel. Like he was just using golf pencil. Yeah, I was thinking like Leland. Yeah, Leland used cigarette ash. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Next voicemail. What's up, guys? This is Nick from Utica, New York. Jimmy, hope you're feeling better by the time this comes out. Been seeing you a little sick. Uh, I was going to playoff rotation. I was just listening to Sharp Stats, some of the things you guys are talking about. And I was wondering what you think about, like, a Mike King and Montgomery combo because Mike King has such good numbers in his first couple innings pitching. Maybe give him, like, the first and second and see if Monty can get into the fifth or the sixth. Just what I was thinking, or maybe if you could pair like Monty and Debbie together because it's such a different look. Because the the righty, the really short righty with the lefty with the highest release point, just something that was rattling around in my brain. Let me know what you think. Thanks. Bye. Thank you for the call. I do think things move very fast, and I mean, I think Hap has solidified the third start role uh, in in the first round. Hopefully, we don't need a third start. Um, but I do think Hap has solidified that he will get the the ball in that game on a short leash with Davey in the wings for the first round since there is no game for, um, and everyone's ready, obviously, you know, like you, like Chad may be the first person out if Hap get, can't get through the first couple, uh, and then, but then you eventually, you're going to need innings. Um, I don't see Monty getting in the mix Monty might not even be on the roster um at least for the three game set um I don't know man I mean Hap is the veteran and it makes sense um he's he's been really good I mean I think he is the three starter um which you can kind of have Davey as a weapon for the first series and I guess what's just been a mental block for me is trying to think about the second series, but you can't think about the second series until you get through the first series. Um, cause I mean, it's, it just sets them up really weird. Cause Jim say they, okay, let's say it goes three games. They go coal tank hap, say hap struggles, say they use Davy. Maybe they oh, use Davy. In a, hap, hap they use, use Davy. Okay. They use Davy in a bullpen roll. One game, two games, I don't know. I mean, then who starts the first game of the DS? To be called on short rest. Mm. 
I think that's probably what it would be, if anything. Yeah, I mean, you hope so. You wonder how many bullets. You hope so as a Yankees fan, but it depends how many bullets he throws. If he has a 115 performance, you know, you looked at his Houston games. He didn't really have any short resters. Um, it, you hope it's that because then you can then you're lining up everybody on short rest. I don't know, man. It gets it gets pretty crazy pretty quick, but I guess technically you can't think about that and you got to think about it when you get there. Um, cause I mean, like there's a world where like, does Monty get the pill game one of a playoff series? Like that seems impossible. So I, I just don't know, man. I, I really don't. No way could that happen. If they're not going to pitch Cole on short rest and everyone else got used, I don't know. I'm trying to find my my damn, my damn, damn Google sheet that has the starting pitch. Okay, do you want to do this real quick? Maybe I'm did, scared. Can uh, uh, we'll do a little exercise real quick? So the 29th is game one, right? Yeah. Then the 30th is game two. Yeah. The first is game three. Then when does the the DS start? The third. I believe they're what I've been told kind of by you is that there's one day and then they play again. Yeah. Let me no, find sand, tweet it out. Find a very, sand. A very easy to read schedule at one point. Um, and it is right here. October 2nd, NL, NL, NL. So there's no AL games on the second. And then the DS starts on, hold on. AL wild card, wild card. The American League Division Series game one is on the fifth. Oh, oh, we're golden then. So there's two off days. There's a lot. So you're a liar and a thief. I don't know if I lied or I just miscounted or misread or if I'm getting this wrong now, but it's Friday, October. Yeah. So game one, game two, game three. That seems crazy though. It seems perfect. It it quells all of your fears. Yeah. So Cole would go game one on the 29th and then one, two, three, four, that I mean, he's got. I mean, you you can reset the whole series for the DS. Why do they have that much that big of a gap? Uh, to probably to rest the arms. Yeah. Um. So then, that's the fifth. So the fifth, the sixth, seventh, eighth. It goes to the tenth. Oh boy. BS. So the next time Cole can pitch one, two, three is game five. So yeah, you can go one and five. Yeah. How do you, I mean, then you got to go Cole, Tanaka. Probably half Davy. Yeah. But. Win the first series. Didn't know about those off days. Thought there was only one. Cole, Tank, Hap, Davey is fully available. Yeah, because I guess they're traveling to the bubble. 
still confused about um, game one, game two, game three, game four, game five. Why does it have six games? Something's weird here. Oh, never mind. The way this, this the way the schedule's lined out in those original tweets is confusing. I'm sorry. It had like a game on the ninth and a game on the tenth, but they just didn't relabel the ALs. So I was getting all tripped up. Okay. So that quells all your fears, Jake. Win two out of three. It was the same game plan either way. Um, it just seemed odd, and now it makes a lot more sense that they have uh the off days lined up that way. Yeah, you got I mean, if they if it goes three games, you got Three, yeah, three or four off days. That's a nice for the bullpen too. Good. Cool. Cold Next thing. one. Jimmy, Jake, Big Biz, David. This is Uncle Tope from Columbia, South Carolina, home to the University of South Carolina Gamecocks, Clark Schmidt, alma mater. Going to shut up about him for a little while, but. I just wanted to call in. It's Thursday night against the uh, Baby Blues. The Yankees are just going ham on these home runs. Luke Voigt hitting 20. Unbelievable. What I really wanted to get your opinion on is Higgy obviously had a huge night last night. Three home runs. Just could not contain the smile going around the bases. At this point, who gets cutest Yankee? Is it still Tank? Or has Higgy surpassed him? Thoughts? Love you, boys. John Boy, hope you're feeling better. Thank you. Appreciate that. Still tank. Sorry. Mm. Uh, Higgy's genuine smile was very heartwarming. It was, it was, it was very, made you melt a little bit. But, you know, that's one moment amongst seven years of cuteness. The only thing I'd say about cute is that cute, you know, I, I think Tanaka is a man. He's a powerful sexual man. And, you know, sometimes it's less cute and it's more daddy. Um, where every time Glaber lets a big smile rip, I mean, it's, that's cute. Um, you know, it's, it's puppy dog cute. So uh, I think there's an argument for Glaber. Um, if I Chad will, Green's willing to smile, I'm open to it. I will say this. Glaber sometimes, his cuteness, it feels like a trap of sorts. It feels like, you know, the cute you little kid about that? who he knows he's very cute. Mm. He knows he can win you over with his, you know, my glasses are just for looks, cuteness. Tank's not pulling any tricks out there. No, but I mean, he's also your daddy at the end of the day. No, that's that's Christopher O'Brien. Oh, thanks, Chris. Uh, did you see that Kratz Gary hug situation before the game yesterday? No, what happened? Uh, I think we posted it from Talking Yanks. I re I retweeted it. It was a uh, good action. I mean, it starts out um, with uh, Marlon, the Yankees interpreter, 
They cut to dugout cam. Marlin throws a piece of gum, perfect form, full pitch. Behind him, Gary gets hugged by Kratzy and lets out a very cute smile, and they have a very nice embrace. Like Gary leans into him like a, a golden retriever or something. And then once he releases from that beautiful moment, Nevin punches him a couple times because he's Phil Nevin, and that's what he does. Um, this is a great moment. Yes. I, I was driving on this day, so I didn't see this. But uh, just, I mean, Marlon going full oh. wind-up gum into beautiful. the garbage can. Yeah. is beautiful. Thank you for making sure I saw that. No problem. So Tanaka's still the cutest? Um, I he's got a lot of daddy to him. I don't know. I don't even I don't know what that means. I mean, he's a man. Like if Tanaka could put you in check real quick and it's not cute. Uh yeah, but he's also very cute. Like he's also got a GQ sexy side to him. Yes, it's not Tanaka's only side. For sure. And like, I, I think Tanaka, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, Mike Tanaka, I think cute he might friend. be a little offended. You call him cute. Of course. That's what's so cute about it. No, 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 no. Where, where Glaber would be like, yes, I'm cute. Yeah. No. I mean, I've got a whole thread out there. I'll, I'll tag you in the Trevor Plouffe Tanaka thread. It's He's cute. hot. He's hot. Of course, He's not yeah. cute. He's both. You, he covers every spectrum of man. Hot. Intimidating? Check. Yeah. Like cute intimidating and cute don't line up. They do. No. They do. No, no, no. Will Felix in the chat says, Tanaka's cute is cuter than Glaber's cute. And it's, I mean, that's, as, as, I mean, as sound as it gets. Yeah, I, I, I just... I got a text message from uh, a Brian Hoke who said Glaber's super cute as hell. So. That's not what that's not what Hoke texted you. I mean that privately, show. privately. Well, he did send a gif of Joe Pesci to us, and yeah, that's so cute. That's a win. That's cute. <laughs> that's cute. Net okay. net. It's <laughs> a really good gift by him. Okay, uh, next voicemail. Don't talk through it, Jake. y'all first time long time uh something i was thinking about when watching the red sox game last night on friday when uh, i think britain came in in the ninth um, and then they brought chappie in after that uh i personally think if we are going into a tied game into a situation with extra innings they should 100 percent save britain for the 10th inning uh, because he's our best ground ball pitcher and the fly balls are what's going to lose us games in extra innings because of that stupid sacrifice five, that stupid runner on second base fucking bullshit rule. But if we can have Britain in there in the 10th, uh, I mean, I just think that gives us way better chances because he's not going to let anything get out of the infield with our, with Gio and Mayhew and Void around the infield and Torres. So, uh, yeah, let me know what you think. Go Yanks. Okay. We have Britain. Chapman, bullpen, extra inning rule. Before we get to your thoughts on this, Jake, I got to let you know that if you liked week two of football, wow. Mm. You better be ready for week three. And there's no better place to get in on all of the action than with DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. 
To add to the excitement of week three, DraftKings Sportsbook is bringing back their can't-miss offer. If you haven't tried DraftKings Sportsbook yet, head to the App Store now because you don't want to miss this. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving all new users the chance to turn $1 into $100 when they bet on any team. That's right. You can place a $1 bet on any team. And if that team wins, you cash a cool Benjamin. How could you pass that up? And don't worry if football isn't for you. DraftKings has given all of you MMA fans the same great offer to use this weekend's to use for this weekend's UFC 253. DraftKings is safe, reliable, and secure, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code JOHNBOY when you sign up to get this can't-miss offer. Pick any team during week three, that $1 on them, and win $100 if they win. That's $1 to win $100 when you use promo code John Boy during signup for a limited time, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. You must be 21 or older, New Jersey only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. So, um, I love where this caller's at. Britain's better in extra innings because he's a ground ball pitcher and the runner on, but it's not going to, this rules, the rules not going to be there in the postseason. It's almost over. It's almost so done. There's eight games left of it. And that's a very, very specific situation where you're going to the 10th inning in both Britain, or you're going to the ninth inning and you, and Britain's not been used. Right. Right. You'd have to, not use Britain in a close game by the time the ninth inning comes. I'm sure the Yankees would love to go to Zach Britton over Jonathan Holder um, in a 10th inning situation. Um, and then at the same time, I could also see someone coming back at you and be like, you know, almost any ground ball, well, a ground ball to the right side of the infield is kind of the goal of the first at-bat in extra inning. So uh, in a way, Britain's not, perfect zach Britton's a very good elite reliever so yes you'd you'd want him on the field when you can yeah i mean hopefully you don't get too many extra inning games in the postseason with no days off it's gonna be wild i mean that's uh again this postseason is gonna come the things that come into play are gonna be pretty wild i mean could can garrett cole go the distance in a game you know that could not only would that win you a ball game, but that could refresh your bullpen while the other team tires theirs out. Um, you know, if if Jordan Montgomery were to make a DS roster, if he could eat up four innings in a bad game, like that can be huge. There's there's going to be a lot of other things to watch this postseason. Do you think we'll have a you'll have a team who has to DFA or has to uh, like phantom IL someone like they they leave a pitcher. I don't know. Like it's a extra inning game and they IL someone to get a fresh arm. I think there's rules about that. I don't know them. Um, but I, I think there's stuff preventing that. I know it's like, if you take someone off your roster during a series, they're not available for the next one. Yeah. But you know, you just burn that last arm in a blowout and then you phantom IL them. You could if that arm's not worth bringing to the next series, I guess. I don't know. I'd, I'd have to look in the, the playoff IL rules. Yeah. Check those out. Yeah. So clubs clubs have to get permission. 
from Major League Baseball to IL someone and replace them with someone else. Oh, I mean, I wonder what that entails. I think they got to be hurt. MLB is sending out like their own doctor. The medical doctor of the MLB, yeah. Cool. Hey, John Boy Jake. Hope you're all doing well. This is Kieran from South Carolina. Been listening for a couple months. Um, I just wanted to say, I think that if I was in Major League Baseball, I would honestly have a higher batting average than Tyler Wade. I played back in middle school, back in grade school. I played for a few years, and I was not bad. Like, I could hit line drives uh, into the outfield every once in a while. Obviously, that's not against MLB pitching. That's not against 90 miles per hour. But I would say that my point still stands. I think I could hit 200 in the MLB. I think I'd be better than Tyler Wade. I know he's in there for his defense and speed, and he'd probably beat me with that. But in terms of hitting, I don't know. I would just sit off speed, and then I'd I'd hit line drives in the gap. Hope you all have a good one. Keep up the good work. Appreciate it. Very trying times, BBD. You telling me I can't talk over the voicemails, so I just have to listen. Um, Jake, anything? No, I mean, everything sounded right. Um, you know, Tyler probably had him in speed and defense. I'm glad he gave that up. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's a joke call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, tough. Tough. Well, Tyler you... Wade, hot. No. Last, the winningest Yankees player. Did you see that stat come across the screen? The hell does that mean? When Tyler, Tyler Wade's in Yankees win? Tyler Wade has played on the most wins on this Yankees team. Dude, his stats over the last five games started, seven games played. Yeah. Are, are Tell like him. Okay, but hold up. Yeah. It's like the most you could ever do with four hits. I mean, he's got four hits. Yep. But those four hits, plus all the walks, he's got 286 batting average a 474 on base percentage, a 571 slugging, a one dot OPS. I mean, this is in the last seven games, five starts. Again, I mean, it's only four hits, so it's bizarre that it like stretches out that far. How about this? Nice week, Tyler. Nice week, Tyler. Do it some more. Yeah. What's up with teams walking him? Yeah, been getting a lot of walks. Good eye. Went the Ford approach. Yeah. A lot of easy walks, too. Like, I think a couple four or five pitches, just not even close. It's weird because, like, he is the nine hole, and then DJ and Void are up next, and they're just not pitching to Tyler Wade. I'm for it. Let it be known. Next voicemail. What's up, boys? Kelby here from North Carolina. Uh, I'm a huge Paul O'Neill fan, but I love his, uh, broadcast, but after he says some funny stuff that he thinks is funny, <laughs> there's a long, awkward silence, uh, before anybody starts talking. So I wonder if you guys noticed that. If so, you know, that's cool. Anyway, go Yanks.
<laughs> Everything Paul says starts and ends with. <laughs> He's not even talking about the giggle, though. He's saying specific Paul statements. And I, yeah. I think there are times when Paul talks, and I think the producers either mute everyone or they give everyone like the don't talk button for the next pitch. Cause there have been a couple weird ones lately where it just, it brews for like 30 seconds and you're like, somebody could have said something. I think they're, they're very limited with the Skype and, and all that and not to talk over each other. So they, they leave a lot of space cause they don't know if Paul's done or if he's going to keep going. But They'll you pointed out, you pointed out the laugh to me and, I mean, getting a laugh from Paul O'Neill oh. is the, I mean, it's, it's not even, you don't even treasure it because he just literally, he bookends every sentence with a laugh. It's a laugh fest. It's a laugh festival with Paulie. Um, I personally love it. I, I do think there, a couple of the games recently though, cause you're right. I mean, they're dealing with technology they don't normally deal with. Paul's, Paul said something that's been a part of the conversation. He's contributed something to it. And then there's a pause, which I think is a technological pause to make sure Paul's done. But I think they're also nervous about the next pitch, but sometimes it doesn't come for another 20 seconds. And you're just like, I like how I think Paul feels really bad right now. (laughs) worried about uh morgan in the patron chat says that you know show and tell he does is funny i do like like i will i don't listen with the volume too high if if they come back from break and paul's like i got something to show you i got me yeah i'm all what's he got the it's it's honestly it's perfect it's perfect uh uh, paul you got something to show us well (laughs) Michael, digging around my closet. Look at this. You know, I, was just, I was just walking back to the, the, I was just walking back to my chair here in the basement, you know, get a little snack between innings. And I uh, saw the ball and I thought you guys might get a kick out of it. What was the most recent one? The what? The mo- What was the most recent one? It was a signed ball. Uh, there was the, what was it? A DiMaggio bat. Yeah, then there was the the Babe Ruth and Hank Aaron ball. That was really cool. Yeah. But the most recent one was a signed ball. I can't remember who it was. I'm blanking. Yeah. All right, next voicemail. Hey, guys, this is Jeremy calling from California. Quick question for you. So I was listening to David Sampson, former team president of the Marlins. He gave John Carlos the big contract, loved the guy, talked all good things about him, but mentioned – if John Carlos is the kind of guy that needs to be 100% before he comes back, and I think we're seeing that for ourselves here as Yankees fans, I guess my question is, is that something that we shouldn't expect of an athlete? I know this is their day job. I wouldn't go to work if I wasn't feeling well. Or am I just being unrealistic and thinking, hey, if you can get out there and play it all, get out there and play it all. Thanks, guys. Love you. See you later. Um, well. It's more the shortened season and, and, you know, if, if he's got, if he could have come back two weeks ago, but then you up the chances of a season ending injury by coming back early, then there's no point 
in doing that when there's only four weeks left anyway. If there was four months left, then you probably come back whenever you feel like you can contribute and take it easy from there. But because this is this is just a playoff season, the expanded playoffs, everyone getting in, um, you know, I do believe that they didn't care that much about getting Judge and Stan back for the regular season. And, you know, we kind of asked Boone that when we had that weird Skype call with him and a bunch of fans at the beginning of the season about resting guys. And he said injuries are worse this year because – you can get a season-ending injury much, much, much easier because the season is so short. So, you know, I mean, Stan played through a, a, like a ripped or torn hamstring in 2018 for like months. So I don't think he's like a Mr. Perfect. Last season was crazy what happened. And, and then... I don't know what happened to start. I mean, yeah, it's weird because then he was hurt because they never even thought about not DHing him. So clearly he's still hurt somewhere before this set, which is wild because he had so much time in spring training. I don't know what's going on. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know if, what my official answer was there. Yeah. All right. Thank you. We write that down, BBD. Um, I, I think there's a couple things going on here. Loisaga, Urshela, and Giancarlo came back on the same day. And I remember I did a thing last year where I got mad because, like, what, do we think they all just hit 100% at the same day? Like, all right, perfect. Bring them all back. Like, no, they they lined up a timeline. Let's go. They're back. Judge the next day. And I think Judge is the example here because Judge gets hurt. They bring him back. He plays, what was it, one game? Uh, gets hurt again, and then you lost him for another two and a half, three weeks. So, you know, instead of holding Judge back for, you know, two, three weeks the first time, we lost Judge for four, five weeks because we tried to bring him back early, and in this short season, like, you only get one chance at that pretty much. So, it's it's tough. I mean, the Giancarlo stuff, I get it. Like, if you're a Yankees fan and it's, you know, when Giancarlo came back, me and Jimmy weren't excited. <laughs> we were fearful that, like, it, it wasn't going to work again. And, and that sucks. And we need to try to get that out of our brains as much as we can. But, you know, the injury history is clearly there. Um, but if he's on that field and playing well, root for him. He has played hurt for us. Um, he wanted to play last postseason. He did play last postseason. He was one of our best bats, but he was like a broken human. They, the Yankees basically said, like, you need to stop playing. So, um, I don't know. Stan probably deserves a little more love, but, yeah, I mean, the injury stuff is super frustrating. But, again, one good October stretch of baseball, Giancarlo could make us forget a lot of it. Mm-hmm. 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 Next. Final voicemail. Mm-hmm. Final voicemail. He's of all time. 
now, a different question, a little bit around the same topic, though. What are some of your favorite moments by Bad Yankees? And I know instantly Jimmy's answer is going to be the Chris Carter home run that he called, but going to disqualify that one from this just because I know that's the obvious answer. For me, uh, Jacoby Ellsbury's grand slam and that big comeback against the Orioles, uh, for some reason that one sticks out for me. Um, A.J. Burnett in the 2009 World Series has always been great. So, uh, yeah, what are some of your favorite great moments by bad Yankees? Thanks, guys. Go Yanks. Hope Jay half stays. Very important. Jim, I think I got this. Okay. I, I only had one thing come to mind, and you're not going to like it because you're the big bully you are. Well, yeah. Bully. Um, but go ahead with yours. So I'll, I'll try to figure out which game it was, but I remember this clear as day. And when I say clear as day, I mean, I remember it, which I don't remember anything. Mm-hmm. Chase and Shreve bases loaded. He came into a jam. I think it was tied game or the Yankees were up one. And he came in to relieve Chapman, who just didn't have it that day. And Jason Shreve was kind of in his peak, Jason Shreve. And he came in and he shut it down. And it was awesome. And it was like, yeah, good for you, Jason. Um, so that that one is the one that jumped to the front of my head recently. That that was pretty good. Jason Shreve. Is that that game against the Mets? I think it was against the Mets remember it and chase and shreve now on the mats he's doing well um dude i have uh i was at the game but brian bruni oh like pitched really well they, they clinched something either they clinched the division or just a playoff spot I, I believe it was in 2009. It was, uh, you know, Brian Bruni like lost weight. If you remember, mm. he was heavy and then he came back and he lost a lot of weight. And I, I wish I could remember what game it was, but he, he pitched really well. And Joe came to take the ball from him and he got a standing ovation from the crowd. And I was there with my parents and my family. And I was like, you know, and he never looked up or waved or saluted the crowd at all. And I was like, that's so weird. Like, just like you pitched really well. And the whole place is on their feet, clear, clapping for you. You're not like, this doesn't happen to you a lot, man. And then I believe in his post game, he said he was crying tears of joy because the Yankee Stadium gave him that ovation and he was too embarrassed to lift his head. And wave from the crowd. And that moment has stuck with me forever. Because you just never know what's going on in a guy's brain. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, I was like, I remember being like, why didn't he salute the crowd, dude? We're like all on our feet cheering for him. And then you hear that and you're like, oh, oh, that's touching. Yeah. So I don't know. That just always, like, it's a, Brian Bruni's not a remembered Yankee at all. But that's a moment that I remember really well. It's pretty good. It's pretty Looking good. At his baseball reference page from 09. On August 1st, he had a 6.10 ERA. And from then on, the, re- the last 20 games he appeared in, he had a 1.47 ERA. So finish that year strong. 
You know, here, yeah. I don't think he did anything in the playoffs, but here's the article September 27, 2009. Brian Bernie wanted to look up at the stands as he came off the mound in the eighth inning after getting five consecutive Who wrote outs. It? Uh, Anthony McCarron for the Daily Sports Writer, Daily News Sports Writer. Uh, Bernie was so touched by the ovation he got from the fans that he was crying. That's my moment in baseball right now. I've been through a lot all year, and the ovation I got was really special. So that was my biggest memory of a bad Yankee that, like, it's like a touching moment that I've always... Because I was blindsided. I think I was younger. I was in college, and I was, like, cheering for him, and I was like, what the fuck? Didn't he, like, wave to us? Yeah. I was being, like, a little punk about it. And then you read that, and you're like, oh. My bad, dude. My bad. You can cry if you want. Mm. So that's my answer. I couldn't think of anything past that. Yeah, the the other ones aren't like moments. I I don't know when Aaron Small he had that streak. That was awesome. Uh, like I, I I guess you probably throw that in there. And then one I always come back to for some random reason. Uh, Homer Bush. Uh, it's a it's a small sample size. He played 64 games for the Yankees, but he was awesome. Um, he hit 348, um, and the rest of his career, he's like a low 600 OPS guy. So I don't know. I just thought it was really funny that Homer Bush was like a stud on the Yankees, but yeah, just not good everywhere else. Dwayne Wise fake the fake catch. That's a cool mm. moment. Um when he was down the left field line and he just didn't even have the ball in his glove, but the um, yeah. called him out. So then he had to run the whole way in. Like he had a ball in his glove. It's <laughs> a good one. Um, BBD, did you have any that come to your mind? Ooh, Jason Sharif is a good one. The Dwayne wise one's good. I didn't have one of my own. Like AJ Cole got out of the jam. Weren't we at the game that AJ Cole got out of the jam, Jake? In 2018, I think we were. Maybe, I, I think it was our first suite with Bautista. I think I was back on the sauce back then. Neil Walker was probably just too good to qualify for this, but his mm. walk-off homer was really fun. All the Neil stuff was awesome. Drew Henson, August 4th. I think we were at this game with. With Chase and Shreve. No, we weren't. That's a lie. Randy That's... Cho. I don't know. Sean Chacon turning that double play and then getting traded. Anything John Flaherty did. Oh, why has Flaherty got so much candy? BBD, have you seen this? Yeah. Have you I'm seen this? You're not aware? You got to watch the pregame show. I mean, clearly, John Flaherty's, I'm guessing, wife for significant other. I don't know. Kids. Kids, like, set up his desk for him because Yes Network was like, you need some stuff. Um, I sent this video to Jake. I'll show it to you guys. It's just like, which way? Like it. Which way? No. Nope. Yeah. Okay. Look at all the candy. A ton of candy. 
Looks like peanut M and M's. I knew the, I knew Charles it was a thing Chew. that he was like putting stuff on the desk, but I might cats. have might have not noticed the candy phase that we're seeing. Yeah, you got M and M's, Charleston shoes, Kit Kats, just one giant Three Musketeers, and then Skittles. Scott Titmus in the chat says he started with just the peanut M&Ms and now it's just growing and he doesn't need any of it. I think we need to reach out. That might be our, our bridge to cross with Flash. What's up, dude? What's up for all the candy, dude? <laughs> oh, it's pretty funny. All right, that was the last voicemail. Yep, cool. Thank you guys, everyone that called in. We appreciate you. Hopefully the Yanks lock up the four seed. We have a, a sharp stats this week. I think we're going to have a sharp stats this week. And I think the uh, the next voicemail app should be pretty electric in theory. If it's the Monday off day between the playoffs. Playoffs? In theory, I don't know if we're going to change the schedule, but in theory... That'll come out the morning of yeah, once, game one of that series. So how many series recaps do we have? Because people got to cherish those because. Um, Maybe two. Two more. Two more with awards and multiple burns. But Jake does burn every postseason game. Uh, hopefully we get a lot of them. And then, yeah, we'll be going to just, you know, our schedule as we know it will be ending soon. Damn. gonna be crazy um yeah i guess we're still doing it live but should we you want to do do a voicemails leading into the playoff series exciting like, voicemails. Uh, like, uh, high energy i mean they got time to do that yeah exciting voicemails and slash a little mini series preview or something i don't know yeah we gotta there's a lot to figure out but we'll do something or you know whatever there'll be an episode that drops probably on game day Maybe a mixture of exciting voicemails and exciting times. Okay. Done. Well, we got we got a while to go. Yeah. We got a while to go. Goodbye. We love you. Thank you very much. Go Yanks. Tell them Grams. Go Yankees.